0: Rock Church. Can we give the Lord a big hand today? Amen. 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 How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? Very good. Very good. Wanna say hello to all our campuses and all in North County, East County, San Acesio, City Heights. And I want to cry and congratulate all the people who graduated this weekend. So let's give all the graduates a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless you. God bless you. Let's all stand and pray. Can we all stand to our feet? Hand mm. in the air, like you just don't care. Let's leave our hands up in the air, and we are going to say, "Dear God," let's say, say, say with me. Say, "Dear God, Dear God. I need your presence today. Yes. I need your peace today. Yes. Encourage me. Yes. Teach me. Yes. Give me a fresh vision. Yes. In Jesus' name." Amen. Give the person next to you a high five. Give the person next to you a high five. Amen. Uh, Before I start, let me say at the end of the service, you will see a video, an all in video. We had an all in campaign uh, at the end of last year. We had many people pledge uh, to the church. About 900, just over 900 people who pledged. Uh, in the All In campaign, haven't given anything, and we're about two and a half million behind what was anticipated by our All In campaign. And so I just want to encourage you and challenge you if you made a pledge, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, it is very challenging now because of uh, the financial situation. So if you made that pledge or if you feel called, that God would uh, lead you to take that step of faith. Amen? Amen. Let's see your Bibles on three. One, two, three. Say, Word. One more time, say word. Word. Let's turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke. Luke 22. Recently, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke 22. Recently, I was at a basketball game, and there were about 12,000 people at, uh, it was a San Diego State game, uh, when they were in in the tournament. And I sat down, and a few minutes after I sat down, a couple sat next to me. A young lady uh, happened to be from the church. Go figure! And all those people there would be someone from the church sitting next to me, which was great. But you know, it was just—it uh, didn't. It was, it was a very positive uh, thing. But it was a, a blessing uh, to, to meet people. I love meeting people from the church, and she was excited. And uh, so we started talking, and she was telling me about her journey. And she said, "You know, I like, came to the Rock. I think it was 2007, 2008." when I was in a very low point in my life and, and God changed my life and he got me through that hard time and da-da-da-da, she's talking about it. And so 10 minutes later I said, so what was going on back then? And she said, I was raped. And um, I, obviously I can't imagine the horror of that. And I, I had been raped and I was in a very low point in my life and feeling a lot of the pain and anger and despair of that experience. And God got me through. And now I have a great job. I'm married. Her husband was sitting there. And and obviously, I can't imagine that experience ever completely goes away. I don't know. I'm sure God can do that and does do that at times. Um, But she says, you know, God got me through that experience. Today I want to talk about pain. So many people, and I would imagine all of us, come to a point in our pain that we doubt God. Then we go, God, where are you? Why aren't you comforting me right now? Why am I going through this? If you're all loving and all powerful, why is this happening to me? How many of you have ever thought anything like that? Just raise your hand real high. Amen. <laughs> and, and this is a rhetorical question which means it's kind of a dumb question, but I just asks to kind of throw it out there. How many of you have been through something very painful in your life? Very good, all of us. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. And sin, all have sinned. And not that the pain is always our fault. We live in a fallen world where, where things are decaying and people are evil and people are wicked and people do things to each other uh, and we do things to ourselves. Can I get an amen? amen? We have pain. Last week um, my seven mothers in my life were up on stage and, and they shared their pain. And we've had a lot of people say, you know, it was good to hear that you go through pain too. Uh, because I get up here and I preach all the time and I'm funny and, and we have fun and people get the impression that I have no problems. Th- that is, the devil lives at my house. <laughs> if the devil can distract me, he can, he can affect all of this. We are under incredible attack. We had to move because of an attack from our house. No pity party. God gave us a better house. <laughs> we have death in our family conflict. So I speak from a place as a human. I, was, I went through a painful situation that took two years. Long, it was the lowest part of my life, like last year it ended. And I was in my closet screaming out to God, God, where are you? Like pounding on my bed night after night physically hitting the wall. Where are you? Why is this happening? So. I get it, and the reason I say that is because people don't, you have the impression, it's different. No, we have the same thing. We all go through it, and, and all of us get to a point, I would imagine we say, God, what's up? Can I get amen? I want to talk about that today, and I want you to think of what you're going through now, what someone in your life is going through. I want you to think about it, I want because a lot of times we come to church, and it is great to have an hour or so where we can forget about it and experience the joy of the Lord, and all of us... I shouldn't say all of us. As it's human to say, I want to feel better. It's human. But God has a purpose. God can take what the devil meant for evil and turn it into something good in your life. You may, it may be, What the devil, devil means for evil, and the devil does mean it for evil, God can turn it into something good. So we don't want to ignore it. We don't want to ignore the situation. We want to say, God, we want to surrender it to you. And so if you have something, when you come to church, it's good to put it aside for a a while, but you also want to surrender to God so God can do with it what he wants to do with it, not what the devil wants to do with it. It's very important not to ignore it, but to acknowledge it and say, God, use it however you want to use it. As unfortunate and unfair as it may be. So I want you to think about it. Whatever it is you are going through or whatever's causing you to have angst with God because it's not fair. Life is not fair. Let's just get it out there. Life is not fair. If life was fair, we would die for our sin. If life was fair. So if you think it's not fair, you're right. It isn't fair. But God is bigger than your pain. So uh, I'm going to read a story to you, a very short passage in the Bible, Luke chapter 22. Whenever you read a story in the Bible, you always want to put yourself in the story and try to identify with the characters. The character I want you to identify with in this story is Jesus. And here are the the characteristics of this person who's going to go through something painful and see if you can relate. One, he's going to suffer for something he didn't do. He is going to die, which you haven't done yet. The father is going to see his child die at the hands of evil people. So if you've had a child die, which I have not, which I can imagine is one of the most painful things, the father understands because his son died. Jesus is going to be betrayed by his own disciples, his own spiritual family is going to stab him in the back. People who, who you would say, they shouldn't do that to me. Jesus has been there. He's going to have another disciple deny him three times in one night and curse his name. Someone who vowed to love him. And by the way, he really did love him. He just messed up. So this is Jesus' experience. So if you've had something happen to you where you've been betrayed, you've been falsely accused, you've had something, you've been punished for something you didn't do, and it wasn't fair, it wasn't right in your eyes, this is exactly what Jesus is going through. So he gets you. If you think, well, no one's ever done, no one's ever been through what I've been through. Yes, Jesus has himself. The Bible says he was tempted in every way and he never sinned. So he's our example. We got to give context to our pain. Okay, so let's read the story. Uh, this is after the last supper. He's getting ready. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's getting ready to be arrested and then tortured and interrogated and crucified for something he's never done. It says in verse 39, coming out, Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, 39, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed. And his disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Everybody say pray. I can't emphasize enough this right here. This right here. Now, do you physically have to be on your knees? Not necessarily, but it sure is good. I, I, I made a pact with a pastor in Cincinnati that I only met one time about th- uh, three weeks ago. Long story short, we just said, let's, let's pray 30 minutes of the day, every day, on our knees. And so every day, and I was praying today, and, and this little voice said, you don't need to be on your knees. You don't, you don't need to, you know, you're making it legalistic. And, and, and then another voice said, shut up. <laughs> I'm doing it because I made a commitment. Pray. Look what it says next. Verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed. And here's what he prayed Father, everyone say, Father. Father, this is a son praying to his dad. If it is your will, take this cup or this portion of pain from me. We all have a cup. Every single one of us have a cup, we have a portion. If it is your will, take this cup away from me. And then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In other words, Father, what I'm getting ready to go through is going to be very painful. It is not pleasurable. It's not something I want. It's not something I'm looking forward to. Matter of fact, I'd rather not do it. Can I get amen? amen. The pain that you go through, you would rather not do. And Jesus is going through the same thing. Father, I don't want to... This is going to be hard. I'm going to see people deny me. I'm going to see people curse me. I'm going to see my own disciples betray me with a kiss. With a kiss. My own other disciples deny me. The people I'm dying for saying crucify him. The religious leaders who are supposed to represent you, lying and spitting on me and slapping me in the face and beating me. And they're going to nail me. That's, I don't want to go through that. However, if that's what you want, I will. I don't know what you're going through. But tell God, God... I'm okay. I I trust you. Then it says, and if if anyone has ever said to you, is there any other way that we could be saved? Jesus can't be the only way. Jesus is saying the same thing right here. He says, Father, is there any other way people can be saved? Is there any other way that sins can be forgiven? Do I have to go through this? And the Father basically said, no, this is the only way. If there was another way by doing works, by praying a lot, then you wouldn't have to die. But because there's no other way, you have to die. There's your answer to that question. Then verse 43, an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. He had spiritual help. And then verse 44, and being in agony. Everyone say agony. He prayed and, and prayed more earnestly that his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he arose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping. Dang. Dang. He goes up and says, fellas. I'm getting ready to get arrested and crucified. Can you pray for me? Oh, yeah, Lord, we love you. You know, we're right here. Stone throw. We're right here. We're right here. We love you, God. Yeah, Lord, we really, Father, we really love Jesus. He gets up and sees his own disciples he spent three years with sleeping. Another stab in the back. In verse 46... He said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray lest you enter into temptation. Um, Three things I want you to write down. Point number one, the father's story offers a happy ending to your pain. It does not matter what you are going through. And you may say, you have no idea what I'm going through. I don't and I don't need to. God knows. And he's been there. He's been there. You have to understand the father's story. Everyone say story. Story. Say story. story. The father's story for your life has a happy ending to your pain. Every story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Your beginning was when you were born, conceived in the womb. Your middle is right now, your whole life. And the end, at least of this life, earthly, is when you die and go to heaven. Provided you die and go to heaven. And we'll get to that in a minute. But if Christ is your savior and you are going to die and go to heaven, your story has a happy ending. If Christ is not your savior, this is the best you'll have it. Because when you die and go to hell, you are separated from all hope of God's love in your life. And so you want to make sure, and we'll do that at the end of the service for you to say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin, because I want, <laughs> I want to have a happy ending. The happy ending being heaven. But you have to understand, you had a, your story had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and the middle is right now, and the middle is a war. You were in a spiritual battle. There is a devil who is deceiving you, who is attacking you, who is lying to you, who is manipulating you, who is sending people to talk about you, fill your head with garbage, put you in, 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 in uncompromising situations. Why? Because the devil wants to destroy your relationship with the father. And he will constantly bombard you with reasons to doubt the Father because he wants to break your relationship with the Father, your trust in the Father. He wants to feel doubt in your head about God's faithfulness, about his love, about his power. Because if he can get you to turn your back on God, then you're all his. So you have to understand, you are in a battle. Your story, which is right now, you are in the middle of the story. You are walking, trying to walk with God, but you are fighting the devil. You are in a spiritual battle. You have to understand that. And everything that happens to you in your life, the devil's going to interpret. And the devil's going to interpret for you things that don't even happen. Raise your hand. If you have ever had an argument in your head with someone saying, if I said this, they're going to say this, and they're going to say this, they're going to say this. And you create this whole argument in your head. All this hypothetical stuff. Can I get amen? Where's that coming from? That ain't God. And you're having this argument, and for weeks and months and years, you could have this, uh, uh, this, this fight with this person, and it's completely hypothetical. I met a lady after church years ago. I used to stand at the door. We were at San Diego State, and I stand at the door and shake people's hands. And she came up to me and said, I want to apologize to you. I said, for what? She said, I've been mad at you for eight years. <laughs> and you know what I said to her? I said, who are you? We we don't even know each other. The devil. That's your story. Right now what you're in, as you're going through whatever you're going through. And by the way, we live in a sinful world. That means people lie. People cheat. People manipulate. People harm people. God is not doing that. People do that. And you were in that battle. And God has said to you, I will never let you be bombarded. I will never let you be burdened with anything I can't get you through. That's the story. So you have to choose in the middle of your story that God is working something out that in the end will turn into glory for you. If you remember when you were a kid and you went through drama in 8th grade, 7th grade, 6th grade because that girl, that guy didn't want to hang out with you and you weren't invited to the party and, and this person, and, and they, weren't, they didn't want to be your friend and you weren't in that clique and you had a zit on your head the day before prom, which was my situation anyway. And the, your whole world is destroyed. Can I get amen if you remember that? Now looking back at that, it meant nothing. But the devil was like, this is the end of the world. It's not fair. You should go kill yourself. For real. And the reason we get mad at God is because we have this perception in, at God, a perception of God that's incorrect. Whenever your perception of something is not met, or, or, uh, uh, you get disappointed. Whenever you anticipate or you have this expectation of someone to treat you a certain way, when you have an expectation of someone to act a certain way and that expectation is not met, you are disappointed. But if you have the wrong expectation, you're going to be disappointed. If you're expecting someone to be there at 9 o'clock every day and they come at 10 o'clock, you're going to be disappointed every day. But they think 10 o'clock, you think 9. You have the wrong expectation. And if you expect God to make your life all easy, you're going to be disappointed because God is not here to make our life all easy. He's here to walk with us through this battle we're in. People say, "Well, well, if God was loving, there wouldn't be pain. Well, what do you want God to do? Number one, do you want God to remove all pain from your life? Therefore, you want God to remove all the freedom that people have to choose or reject him. That's what he would have to do. Therefore, he would have to remove your freedom to criticize him. Do you want God to punish all people who do wrong? Well, okay, then he would have to start with you. Because <laughs> even when you slander, it's like murder, Matthew 5. Even when you call someone fool, you are in, in, in facing judgment. So what about calling God? a fool god unfaithful what do you want god to do so when you say god this is not fair okay what would you like god to do well i want him to judge people he is that's what hell's about that's going to happen at the end i want god to get me through he is it's a process it's happening i want i want to have my life be all peace uh, in heaven that will happen You are surrounded by drama. It's like a rose growing up with thorns saying, I don't want any thorns. Well, you're a rose. (laughs) You have thorns. God's story. Philippians chapter 2, let me read this to you. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8. Here's the happy ending he promised to Jesus. Philippians 2 verse 8. Jesus being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. And when it says even to the death on the cross, the cross was the worst kind of death. The Romans were expert in torture. Being crucified was the worst kind of death. Not only did they nail you and you hang there and bleed to death and your heart exploded or you would suffocate because of the weight over your lungs because you can't hold yourself up because your feet are, are nailed to wood. You suffocate. You just suffer to death. They beat him before that with 39 lashes, 40 is the death penalty. If you get 40 lashes, you die. They gave him 39. Not that there's a magic between 39 and 40. You would die way before 39. Jesus withstood 39. That should have killed him. The beatings on top of that, carrying the cross, how he did that, I don't know. The the skin and muscle was ripped off the bone from from the 39 lashes on his back. How he carried the cross, I don't know. Then they nailed him. Then he hung there. He says, so he humbled himself. He says, I am God, and I'm gonna humble myself and become a man. It's like being a king and humbling yourself and becoming a roach. I mean, that's even a a gross exaggeration. It's way bigger than that. And it says he humbled himself. In verse 9, it says, Therefore, I wanna say, Therefore. God also highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess in heaven. And those on earth, and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Here's what this Bible, this is saying: is that Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all God, He humbled Himself, became a man, and says, "I am going to enter into your battle for your sake, and I'm going to die for your sin, and I'm going to suffer for your sin." And because of that, the Lord is going to exalt me. And at, at my name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess as Jesus is Lord. What he is going to do, he humbled himself, but he, his story didn't end there. He didn't live 33 years, die, and that was it. He lived 33 years, died, rose, and then he was exalted. His name. You, you are born, you live, you go through drama. We all, there is no such thing as a drama-less person. There is no such thing as a person who does not suffer. It doesn't exist. Jesus suffered more than all of us. However, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And at the end, you will be glorified in heaven. You will be with him. Romans 8, 16, 17. Romans 8. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. No matter what you're going through, why it's so important to pray is to stay connected with God on a spiritual level. Father, confirm that I am your child. Reaffirm, remind me that I am your child. And if I'm your child, the Bible says in verse 17, I'm an heir, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. We, if Christ is your Savior, the Holy Spirit will affirm in your heart, I got you. Trust me through your pain. You suffer and you hold on through your suffering. You will be glorified with him. Revelation, let me just read this. It's not in your notes. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Do not be afraid for what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison and test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you your victor's crown. You do not get blessed for suffering. You get blessed for persevering through your suffering. In other words... Man, God, this is messed up. Man, God, you're so unfaithful. This is unfair. And then give me my blessing. Oh no, you already got your blessing. You just cursed me all the way to the (laughs) no, dear God, I trust you. I don't know why this is happening to me, but I trust you because I trust in the end as you honored Christ. That you are making many mansions. You are preparing a mansion for me. And there, there's a mansion. You are preparing a room in the mansion that Jesus Christ said, I go to the Father, and He has many mansions and many rooms in His mansion. And He's gonna prepare a place for you, and I'm gonna come back and get you. Father, I trust in the end you will come back and get me. I trust in the end you will save me. I trust in the end that those who can't see will see. Those who can't walk will walk. Those who can't talk will talk. Those who are struggling with depression and anxiety will be free. Those who wake up every day and crying, there will be no more tears. I trust that that's true. That's your end. Don't, don't think today what you're feeling right now, what you felt for the last year, 10 years, is it. This is the middle of the story. But there's the end of the story when you sleep. I love, love, literally love going to sleep at night. Can I get an amen? amen? How many of y'all love your pillow? I mean, my my pillow is like, me and my pillow got a thing. (laughs) Death is often compared to sleep. It's the end of a hard day. The end is going to be good. Number two in your notes. The Son of God suffered three words. You need to understand this. He suffered for you. <laughs> he suffered for you. He died for our sin. He suffered as you. He was a man. He humbled himself. He was in agony. He swept blood. What does that mean? Is that he was under so much stress. The capillaries that fed and 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 and, and brought oxygen to the sweat glands in his forehead burst. The capillaries, a little tiny. <laughs> capillaries that brought blood to the sweat glands in his head. He had so much stress. This is actually a, a medical condition. That he had so much stress and fear, and, and the Bible says agony, agony, that his blood capillaries that's, that went to his sweat glands in his head broke and when the sweat came out, the blood came out with it. That's how much stress he was under. I have no idea if any of you sweat blood, but I doubt it. You, and you, you may be like, yeah, you know, not ever do this. This is, this, is, this is like first grade to his Ph.D. stress that he had. He had so much stress that the blood capillaries broke and he was sweating blood. That's a human condition. He was in agony. He prayed. The Bible says, uh, th- th- number two you your notes, the son of God suffered for you and he suffered as you. He was tempted in every way as us and then he suffered with you. Oh, he's with you. He feels what you feel. When you are betrayed, he says, I know what that's like. When you're stabbed in your back by your friend, I know what that's like. It happened to me in public in front of a bunch of people. This is Jesus talking. When your child dies, the father says, I know what that's like. When all the people that you're laying your life down to help turn their back on you, he goes, I know what that's like. When you have all this unfair stuff happen to you, you were criticized because of stuff that you did not do. He says, I know what that's like. And we're sinners. He had no fault. So he suffers with you. He knows. And when you say, God, I'm hurting, he goes, I know. God, do you understand? Yes, I do. God, can you get me through? Absolutely. Because this is Jesus talking, when I was suffering and prayed, God reassured me, I got you. And was it hard? It killed me. My pain killed me. You're still alive. I got you. And by the way, if it kills you, you'll be with me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got thrown in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar said, if you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you in the fire. They said, brother king, we ain't bowing down, so do what you got to do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego jumped in the fire. And here's what they said to the king. King, we're okay with dying. We're okay because if we die being faithful to God, he's going to take us to heaven. We hold on too much to this life. I gotta have that. I gotta earn that. I gotta buy that. I gotta have them. You don't have to do anything. Hey, all you gotta do be all you gotta do is be black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever you are. That's all. You, the only thing you have to do is be that, because that ain't gonna change. And die. Those are two things gonna happen. And so, and so he died. He knew emotional pain. He knew social rejection. He knew physical torture. He knew familial rejection. Father, why have you forsaken me? Jesus said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He gets that too. He died for you. The Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you know what your sin really deserves? You on that cross. My sin, my sin yesterday deserves that cross. That's what my sin. Jesus said, I got you, Miles. I got you. So when you say it's not fair, it's not fair. But it's not fair to you, it's not fair to him. You got fair, unfortunately, I'm sorry, because your sin deserves, you deserve death. And if you're not dead, that means you got less than what you deserve. A horrible death. I know we can't conceive that because, man, how could I be so evil? You're not evil, you're just sinner. And the penalty of sin is death. Jesus said, because y'all can't handle that, because I want to give you an opportunity to have your sin forgiven, I'll die for you. So he died for us. I want you to think about that pain. Say, God, hmm, I'm in a story and I know the end of the story is good. Look at number three in your notes. The Spirit of God comforts and transforms us through our pain. The Spirit of God comforts and transforms us. Through our pain. Write the word transform. The Spirit of God comforts and transforms us through our pain. One of the most powerful things, one of the most humble things, one of the most spiritual things you could say to God when you're going through something hard. And by the way, raise your hand if you're going through something hard, real high. Raise your hand, very good. One of the most powerful, most spiritual things you can pray to God when you're going through something hard is God, what do you want me to learn? Not, this is not fair. God, it's not fair. I can do. You can have worse, and, and it would still be not fair. Say, God, it's not fair. I don't like it. It hurts. However, what do you want me to learn? Ask him that. What are you trying to teach me? How are you trying to change me? I've been reading these stories in the Bible where God uses in the specific stories in the Bible how evil into do something good in people's life. And a lot of times if you're a gossip, God will use the pain of gossip back on you to teach you humility. You want to gossip? Okay, they're going to gossip about you though. But I can use that to teach you humility. I can use that to teach you to keep quiet. Or you can choose to fuel the fire and gossip again. It's up to you. God wants to change you. The Holy Spirit wants to comfort you. In in John chapter 14, verse 26, the Bible says the helper or the comforter. The Bible says the helper or the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance that which I said to you. I want to focus on the word helper. It means Paraclete, paracletos. It means helper, a comforter, someone who comes alongside. As you're going through your pain, remember your story has a beginning, a middle, and the end. We're in the middle. You're going through all this drama. Holy Spirit, come with me. Holy Spirit, help me understand. Help me what I'm supposed to learn. Give me the strength to get through. Give me the patience. Give me the wisdom. I can't can't bear the burden. Help me. Jesus in agony prayed and the angel came and comforted him. Angel, come comfort me. Come strengthen me. And so the Holy Spirit will come alongside and comfort you. That's your journey. You have to learn that partnership with God. You can't do it by yourself. Remember, the story you're in is not a story where you walk in life by yourself. You walk with God. I was praying one time when I was going through just eh, agony and God said the simplest thing to me that made me feel so good. He said, Miles, I'm your friend. I said, hey, yeah. I said, "He said, no, no, I'm your friend. I said, but what about what? He said, I'm your friend. And what he was saying was, I'm right here. Trust me. It's going to work out. It's a process. And I was like, all right. I felt like the Munchkins on uh, um, the Wizard of Oz. Second <laughs> Corinthians one, chapter three, uh, chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of comfort. Everyone say comfort. Who comforts us in all our affliction, that we may be able to comfort those. Who are in any affliction, with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by. Let me read it again. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse three. It says, "comfort five times in two verses. Second Corinthians chapter one verse three, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the same comfort which we ourselves have been comforted by." And just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant in Christ. Uh, you're going through something. Remember this. A couple things. One, you are in the middle of your story. And at the end, when you die with Christ, you are no more pain. And the Holy Spirit wants to comfort you through that. But you've got to trust him. If you shake your fist at God, he's gonna, you don't want him to shake his fist back at you. Say, let me tell you what you really deserve—your sinfulness. Trust me, I'm going to use this in your life to bring patience in your life. Count all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let that patience have a perfect work in your life, and teach you—you know—the word patience means long suffering. Lord, teach me to trust you through pain. In a minute, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray for a couple things. One, I'm going to pray for healing. Some of you have physical stuff. I'm going to pray God will heal you physically, God will heal you relationally. And I'm going to pray for you to be saved. Some of you would give your life to Christ. And then I'm going to ask you and all the campuses to stand and come forward so we can pray for you. This is the time to say, Lord, here's my pain. I'm bringing my pain to you. I'm bringing my doubt. I'm bringing my struggle. Bring it to him. He doesn't want you to fight and struggle with it by yourself. It's a relationship. So right now, eyes closed, heads bowed in all the campuses. And just listen very closely. Holy Spirit, I pray you prepare people's hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray you encourage people. There are people here carrying burdens that the devil has been using to cause division between their relationship and you. I pray for peace. I pray for clarity. I pray right now that you would open the eyes of their heart. That they may see they're in a process. They're in a battle. They have a story that that's unfolding in their life. That the end of the story is good. The end of the story brings relief and healing. Complete healing, complete freedom, complete deliverance once and for all, even from an environment, a sinful, evil environment. But Lord, right now, eyes closed, heads bowed. If you just have any kind of physical ailment, emotional ailment, Mental illness, whatever it is, just raise your hand real high. I just want to pray for you real quick. Raise your hand real high, real high, in all the campuses. Elbow above your ear, real high. Good, 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 good. Put your hands down. Lord Jesus, I pray right now in Jesus' name, you are the great physician. I pray for healing right now that you would heal legs, arms, liver, cancer, depression, anxiety, loneliness. I pray you heal discouraged hearts. I pray you give sight. To the blind, that you would help them, that you would give voice to the mute, the deaf, that they would hear. Lord, I pray people would be able to get up out of their wheelchair. Lord, you are that God. Holy Spirit, you are that powerful. So we pray you open heaven and comfort people's pain. Devil, you are defeated. In Jesus' name, you are defeated. Cast down under our feet. Your destiny is hell. Our destiny is heaven. We claim that, we, we don't claim it, we, ex, we ex pronounce and declare it to be true because God, you said it to be true. So we claim it, we, we receive it, we hold on to it, we believe that promise. There are some of you right now, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you right now to pray with me. And this is one prayer for salvation and one prayer for encouragement. In the privacy of your heart, if you would like to pray for salvation or you would like to pray that the Holy Spirit would comfort you and encourage you, Pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I hurt. Dear God, I need you. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my pain to you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. Jesus, be my Savior, my Lord, my comforter. Thank you, God. Eyes closed, heads bowed in all the campuses. If you prayed that prayer for salvation, if you prayed that prayer because you need prayer, you need comfort, whatever reason you prayed that prayer, I just want you in a minute to stand to your feet. By standing to your feet, you are declaring, God, you're my only hope. You're my only hope. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three in all the campuses, and I want you to stand full of hope that God's going to get you through. One, on the count of three, stand. Number one, two, three. Just stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. God bless you. Stay standing. God bless you. 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 Very good. God bless you. God bless you. Now I'm going to ask all of you who are standing, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to come down to the altar. And when they do that, can we all celebrate them for their courage and faith? Come out of your seat. If you're standing up, come out of your seat. Come down to the altar. And let's give them a hand. They Come on down. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All the way down. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 Let's give him a big hand. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. Stay right there. God bless you. Yes, how are you? How are you? How are you? God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. 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 Amen. Amen, amen. Amen. God
1: bless you. God bless you.
0: (laughs) Amen. No one likes pain. Pain hurts. The definition of pain is or or trials is when something happens that we don't want. Uh, But God can get us through. But we have to do it his way. This is not our world. It's not our life. It's something he has given us and entrusted to us. And we have to do it his way. And I want to encourage all of you. Always remember you are in a story, a journey, a process, however you want to call it. You had a beginning. You are going through something and you will to the day you die. Death is a trial. When I watched my father die over three days, it dawned on me that death itself is painful. And I was like, God, I don't want to die painful. Let me just go in my sleep. That's like, the, oh, man, you got to look forward to that, the whole thing. However, eternal life is life. And it's the best life we're ever going to have, amen. I want to pray for all these people, Lord, thank you so much for their faith. Thank you so much for your comfort. And I pray you bless them. I pray you encourage them. And I pray, I pray that we would remember we're in story. There's a process. Teach us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a right turn and walk this way, everybody. Take a right turn and walk this way. Let's give them a hand. Come on. Very good.
2: Seed seat as we finish up. As Pastor Miles was sharing, you know, we all have a story and find ourselves in the story and in God's story and, and we're going to take a quick look at, at Erica's story, a, a gal that took on the, the, the All In initiative and, and how it's, it's played a huge role in her life and so uh, pay attention to the, to, the, uh, to the side there and let's take a look at it, Erica's story.
1: I am a single mom, Um, I have a 13 year old who's going to high school. I have a ministry that I just recently started to help people from the inner city to get counseling and to heal their families through the work of Christ. And I've been a Christian for a long time, but sometimes you feel like your journey of being a Christian is just this Christian ease, this thing you've learned, kind of you're walking this template of life, right? And you get to this place where you say, I don't want to live the template, you know? (laughs) I don't want to be the cookie cutter. I want to live a different kind of life. All in came from me when I was already internally making that decision, so it kind of was a convergence of this place of what else can you give, where else can you glorify God in in your life. And for me, it just turned into, well, you can just give your whole life. (laughs) I think the thing that keeps me most faithful is that God has been faithful to me. I never felt like God wasn't with me. Even in difficult times, there's never a time where I can say, God, you haven't been there. That type of giving is a positional giving, right? I'm gonna give you my position. My livelihood now belongs to you. And so that's a different concept of giving. And the freedom of giving comes from just starting it. Just, just get on that journey, get on your tricycle. You know, your tricycle <laughs> will turn into a 10-speed. Eventually, you know, you'll be riding a motorcycle. That's okay if, if you're a tricycle giver today because in a year from now, you could be on a 10-speed on a or a mountain bike and that's awesome think that when you think about people who want to give and feel like they, 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 they're not sure that they can, right? They're in this place of insecurity, in this concept of giving. Stretch your faith in giving then, because if, it, if it's such a difficult time that you have to wrestle with God in order to give Him back what He's already given to you, then that's telling you that's a place you want to be free.
2: Like Pastor Miles was sharing today, you know, our pain, walking with the Lord, at least it serves a purpose. It's, it's just not empty. It points us to the Lord and has us rely on Him. And likewise, as Christians, our giving has a purpose as well. Can I hear amen? You know, and it goes to spread pervasive hope and beyond. It's, it goes to allow us to trust the Lord, to show Him tangibly that we love Him we thank God that we're in a spot where we can give back to Him. And we know there's several ways we can give here. If you're watching online, there's a button right there that you can click to support what God is doing there and give online. Many of us have transitioned to what we call Automate the Important. It just comes out monthly, just the first fruits directly to the Lord and to His ministry. You can also text to give as well. You can do that. Many of you guys do that as well. There's also this envelope right here that you can use this envelope. As we know, at every exit, there's a box where you can leave this. But any way that you give, we thank you that it's a chance for you to trust the Lord and see what he's going to do in your life. So as we close up, we have our pastoral support team right here to connect with you. And why don't you join me in prayer as we, as we thank the Lord for this. Lord, I just thank you, Jesus. That you're a good God, Lord, and you're a God that uses even our pain for good, Lord. And I thank you that you're going to use these resources to reach out to San Diego and beyond, Lord. But also you use it to change us, that we can trust in you with everything we have. We just ask that you would take these resources, multiply them, and bless them all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful Sunday, and we'll see you next week.
3: i mm-hmm. have for heaven let your rain fall, heaven let your rain- out your hand, will you reach out your hand, my God, heaven let your rain fall, heaven let your rain fall, love, heaven let your rain fall your you're right for